Hey guys, welcome to Sailor Talks. I'm your host Connor Maxwell. Today I'm joined with Lizzie and Paul from MyBank who share their experiences for working with this amazing organisation. MyBank focus on working with young people on financial literacies, um, any support round about money and um, talking about it at a very early age. They share um, some of the work that they do from working in, in primary schools as young, young people of the age of seven and also from um, working up to ages young people up to 25. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited over to the Money House in Glasgow to actually record this episode and it was in a really cool and amazing space. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode and without further ado, here is Lizzie and Paul from MyBank. Um, I'm Lizzie Wilson, I'm the lead trainer at the Money House which is one of the programmes that MyBank run. So my name's Paul, I'm an education officer um, and my role is a mixture of delivery, so I'm out delivering Money Works, which is one of our programmes, and I'm also Lizzie's um, training assistant within the Money House. Class, um, happy days. So could you just tell us a wee bit more about my bank and the work you do in the UK? Yeah, so my bank, um, we're a charity, um, and we deliver expert-led financial education programmes, um, primarily for people between 5 and 25 um, all over the UK. We deliver in schools and we deliver in youth organisations um, and we do this directly, virtually and online. Um, so together with young people, um, we've created innovative, innovative high-impact, high-energy workshops um, and what aim is essential to bring money to life for young people. Yeah, since um, 2007 we've worked with over 340,000 um, young people wow. and, yeah, and now two-thirds of that um, is with young people um, between kind of 16 to 25 in what we call kind of more challenging circumstances, mm. if you like. So have a lot of young people who um, do our programmes who are care experienced, who um, maybe have experienced homelessness, who um, are maybe um, claiming asylum, seeking refugee status here, lots of different people. So a real broad range of people come through um, all of our programmes, yeah. That's amazing. Um, what was it that made you want to, I suppose, work with my bank? I know that's not one of the questions, <laughs> but I just, I'm interested, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I really enjoy working with young people, whether it's children or, or young adults, Aye. and it's my, my role is mainly with young adults. Um, with my bank specifically, um, the, the Money House focuses a lot on tenancy sustainment, homelessness prevention and, and money. Um, and in my own life, as I was growing up, I grew up in what I would call financial chaos <laughs> um, and have my own experiences with kind of precarious housing, let's say, and um, job insecurity and financial insecurity. So I think I've kind of been through the mill, done my own learning, and I just really enjoy kind of talking about that now and kind of sharing that learning and also hearing about other people's experiences and and you know I just think without being cheesy kids and young people like they're just they're, they're the best <laughs> um, and and so yeah it's just a real joy to, to work with them every day. That's amazing you can use your own real life experience because so, sometimes I think if people come to a service maybe like this mm. they sort of they're a bit nervous they're not really sure but you can draw on your own and then they can go well if you've experienced this you know what you're talking about as well so that removes I suppose a wee bit of a barrier hopefully for young people yeah absolutely and I think like Paul said you you know we bring we bring money to life and part of when I first joined and what what we were kind of trained to do is there's a lot of storytelling you know in in doing that in bringing money to life and 
Um, it's by no means a requirement to, to share about ourselves, but if we want to, then we are able to use our kind of own anecdotes and our own experiences to kind of add a bit of flavour to, <laughs> to what we're talking about, if you yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like Lizzie says there, like, um, for myself, I've always had a passion for youth work as well. Mm. Um, and within this role specifically, to actually combine that with our service, which is actually really beneficial to people, combining that, that both is a real... Um, gives me a sort of buzz, you know, mm-hmm. to mint the word every day, um, like we spoke about before, um, beforehand, where everyone's kind of thrust into financial situations that maybe they've never been taught about before, like we'll speak about a bit later, I'm right. sure, um, without actually having that training and that knowledge, and f- we, we can maybe bridge those gaps and, and provide that need that's, that's there. No, absolutely, no, I think it's a, it's a great way to get involved, and um, it just, it's, it's from what I've heard so far, uh, it's a really, really great organisation, so um, glad you're doing it, it's good stuff, isn't it, it's good stuff. <laughs> so could you just, I suppose, tell us a wee bit about your work in Scotland specifically? Yeah, sure. So, um, like I said, as an organisation, my bank has been running since 2007, but we we moved up into Scotland in 2019. Um, in 2019, our Scottish hub was formed by one person, Gemma, who you've you've spoken yep. to. Um, and since then, in four years, we've grown to six full time members of staff. So we've we've grown pretty quickly. Um, in Scotland, we work in a range of settings across school, colleges, young adult spaces. Um, so we've got programmes running in primary schools from P3 up to P7. Um, you know, they say that you make your first money habits at age seven. So we kind of, we're right in there at the start. Um, and it's all about habit formation in our primary programmes. We've also got stuff in um, secondary schools as well. So in the senior phase from S4 to S6, um, we've got sessions running in schools there as well. And then we've also got a programme um, for young people who are looking at going to university called Unidosh. So, you know, really kind of covering from primary through to secondary up to higher education um, in those education settings. And then as well, we um, have got the Money House, which are a kind of briefly mentioned, and Money Works, which are the two programmes that exist in our young adult space. So, specifically for young people 16 to 25 um and the money house is the program that paul and myself kind of primarily work on and that is our homelessness prevention program it's based on tenancy sustainment and it really covers you know all of that kind of financial management all of your personal money things whether it's saving your money understanding minimum wage and income tax how to budget your money um you know, different tips and tricks that way, but also looking at, you know, your housing rights and responsibilities, um, paying deposits, how to get onto, you know, like um, housing lists or private rents or lots and lots of different stuff. So we cover, we cover a lot. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> we cover all bases. Yeah, for <laughs> six of us, for six of us and uh, an entire country, we, we try our best. No, absolutely. So, how do you so if, if cover in Scotland? Do you, mm-hmm. So, you mentioned you do a mixture online. So, do you go out to other places? So, like for example, Aberdeen, or you go mm-hmm. further on, or how do you do that way as well? Yeah, we've actually just um, just hired someone in Aberdeen. Oh, um, yeah, recently. So, that's, um, anyway, that was just that was a shoot in the dark. By the way, Aberdeen, just because that was as far north as I could think. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, um, like again, we'll talk about it a bit later. But we try to cover um, as much young people as we right. can. Um, and obviously, there's there's young people all over Scotland, but not just not just here in Glasgow. So, so yeah, we've got a um, just hire someone for up there. So we've got 
Trevor, Trevor and the whole with Aberdeen and Aberdeen Shire. Um, so oh. taking my programs up there, um, and I think we're launching in March. We're, we're going to have our money house launching up there. So um, amazing. Yeah, well, we're growing. We're slowly, slowly but surely growing. Awesome. Say slowly, really fastly. But two thousand and nineteen started in Scotland. Then we're only. 2023 you've mm-hmm. grew from one person to six people you're looking at another location mm. like that's rapid growth but it just shows the need for the work that you're doing absolutely and I, I feel like you could have 12 people here and we still would have yeah. uh, more requests <laughs> than, than <laughs> people absolutely. even you know I joined last year it must have been April last year and I was the third member of staff mm-hmm. so you know 50% of that growth has happened just in the last wow. the last kind of 12 months um, like Paul said we've we've yeah we've got someone up north now to help us um kind of cover cover Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire we've kind of got the central belt down I would say um a few of us are based in Glasgow we do kind of um the Ayrshire's down into uh South Lanarkshire North Lanarkshire there's people working up in Fife like it's it's kind of anywhere anywhere people need us we'll we'll be there we've been as far as Orkney there's been there's been programs run on Orkney um and hopefully you know that will be happening again um and as Paul said, you know, if we can't be there in person, then we do have online yeah. options that, that we kind of give to people to make sure that we can reach as many people as yeah. we can. Yeah, and again, for me, it's that buzz as well. We're meeting young people from, from all over the country, you know, you're, yeah. you're kind of really spreading my net far and wide, which is a real sort of a buzz about it when, when you're in this job and reaching those young, those young people that are that are everywhere. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. No, that's, that's amazing. And, and amazing growth as well so mm-hmm. it is and, and especially in a climate where people are struggling to grow with other funding and lack of funding you are able to then keep going with that, that that's amazing so mm-hmm. um, well played Tees that, that's class <laughs> um, so I suppose um, what's the need for this type of work slash like financial education in Scotland yep so some issues affecting financial well-being in Scotland so some big ones is problem debt and lack of savings um, so we've got 700,000 people in Scotland who are at risk um, or in problem debt mm-hmm. um, so by that we mean struggling to repay or manage debts we've also got 54% of Scottish people um, only saving regularly and we've got 15% of people borrowing to pay for um, food or bills which is pretty shocking in itself um, so we're sort of existing here if you think about that within use as well that's going to be really high um, and we are here to basically navigate those uh, figures and make them a bit better in terms of what we're, we're looking for. Mm, I think um, what Paul's just said there is kind of, you know, I think money affects everybody and especially in the last few years it's kind of been at the, the forefront of the topic of conversation is is everybody's financial well-being. Um, if you're looking at a population where there's, what, 700,000 people at risk of problem debt, well, that's everybody. But then if you really kind of zoom in on the young people in the country, um you know those those stats only get more stark so we see um i think it's children as young as 11 mm-hmm. who are already kind of feeling anxious about their 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 parents financial situations and starting to feel that kind of um that kind of worry also you know we see i'm going to i'm going to be pure negative here but we see um overall in unemployment falls and and that's fantastic but then when you look at youth unemployment between 16 to 24 year olds actually that's risen yeah. um and I, I i dare to even mention the covid pandemic because i know that it always does come back to that but yeah. we can't ignore the the kind of the after effects of that you know on on everybody but on those young people, on children who were in school, on young people who were leaving school, and that kind of missed education, that unemployment um, that 
that they've faced. And I mean, imagine if you are 16 and you're about to leave school or you're going to go into college or you're going to get your first job, get an apprenticeship or something like that. And then suddenly you're locked away for three years and, and that kind of pivotal moment where you do take that first step into independence, you do get that first job, you do um, kind of have these first experiences is kind of taken from you. And then you know, two years later, you're 18 and you're kind of expected to know because technically you're an adult. And I, I think we see that kind of, yeah, that just, just the after effects all the time. And I think as well, you can't ignore the, um, the intrinsic link between mental health and money because it, because it is there. If you're stressed about your money, it's, it's yeah. never just your money you're stressed about. It is going to kind of bleed into to everyday life. And I think, especially in the money house, we see young people who, are really struggling with their mental health, are really struggling with, with anxiety, are really struggling with coming back into being in person and being in spaces yeah. with other young people. And, um, you know, when you kind of combine that then with having to borrow money to pay your bills or to buy your food or not being able to do the things that your mates are doing because you can't afford it or lots of different things, right. it's, it's a really, really challenge, challenging landscape to navigate yeah. for, for them, I think. No, definitely. I, I think like coming out of the pandemic it always I feel like everything the news we always come back to that and it's that transition point that young people missed mm. and, and that's when that, that's the key point I think that you were making as well there that the young people that were in these key transition points who maybe would have started getting conversations with potentially getting money matters inputs into their PSE classes or having guest speakers coming in at assemblies they missed all of that stuff mm-hmm. because there just wasn't the services people weren't people were furloughed in a lot of these organizations and it's then how do how and it's what you said then you turn 18 and you're supposed to just know mm-hmm. like that's just no fair on young people and mm-hmm. it gets them in some some young people get into then negative positions and um, I think that's again what's great about then an organisation like Goose are there to then be able to have that conversation properly mm-hmm. about uh, money and having that knowledge. Like if we have that conversation about money and knowledge, we can only take that to a certain level and it's a signposting exercise to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but to know that there's an organisation here that is like in Glasgow that is able then to then work with these young people and um, that it's such a good. A, it's a great organisation and a great way to be, I suppose, is what you are trying to do, if that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that, if that made sense. Do you know what? I, I got you. <laughs> we got there. We got there. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the key is about building resilience, isn't it? And, and for young people, bu- building resilience in so many parts of their lives. But for us, it's financial resilience and, mm-hmm. and kind of creating that financially kind of capable generation um, who feel confident kind of going into those next steps of their steps of their lives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Same. Most of us won't really remember learning about money at school. Like, I definitely, I don't, because I messed that up. Um, <laughs> but like, so why isn't? Why I suppose why is that not taught in schools consistently? Like, what? Yeah. What is that? Do you know it's actually a weird one because financial education is actually a requirement within the broad um, general education phase curriculum for children aged three to fourteen. Um, it's also in the applied maths curriculum in senior phase. However, um, like we speak about, it's not exactly mentored. It's not exactly monitored, and it's not exactly clear how this is done. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure we've also on the news and things that teachers as it is are stretched, Aye. youth workers as it is are stretched. Um, so they may, may actually lack the confidence um, to actually teach young people about fin- financial topics um, like we spoke about because they've never actually went through that themselves. Mm-hmm. They've not got that um, that expertise in that field, which is where we come in. 
Um, and we can hopefully bridge that gap and we bring those expert-led sessions to the schools, to uh, youth organisations and we deliver it um, and again just in terms of young people having that fresh face right. um, to maybe a fresh face in front of them teaching them about those things can spark something as well so um, yeah that's where we exist and we, we exist to bridge those, those gaps mm. I totally agree with the fresh face you know like that so I've done a lot of stuff like in schools and one of the programmes I developed actually after this we can maybe have a chat about like no from the podcast but it was working with um, gambling and young people so mm. um, done a lot of work for about 2015 um, so I'm trying to understand that and unpick that and I'm doing work with um, Edinburgh Uni now as well on like a sort of pilot programme they're running but um, the being in there and having the conversations like as the new face always seems to work because yeah. then it's the, they'll maybe one might they might know why like just they might want to listen to you because they you and see what you're all about, but having a youth work approach is what's also mm. key to all this stuff as well. It's, it isn't just, it's not just that you're the teacher, it's we do things mm. just that bit differently. Yeah. Um, which I think young people always respond well to, especially in a classroom setting because it seems so like unique and different to them. Mm, absolutely. And me and Paul were actually talking about this before um, before we, we did this today because it's actually something I've heard in the last two weeks. I've, I've heard it almost every day from, from staff, um, from support staff that we've been working with is you know oh, I'm really glad that we've we've got this group booked in or I'm really glad that you can work with this person because I've been telling him you know you need to sort out your budget in or you need to do this and he's just not listening to me but then you come in for an hour <laughs> and suddenly he's like oh I can't believe that and 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 you know it was I can remember this one this one woman I was talking to saying you could have said the exact same sentence that I said, but because it just came from a different voice and a different face, it's it's just landed that bit better. And I think so much of the time, whether it's teachers, whether it's you know your key worker, your support worker, whoever it may be, if they're talking to you all the time about lots of different things, you know, if they're helping you with your job or if they're helping you with your your schoolwork or different things like that. And then they're also talking to you about, oh, well, you really need to do this with your bills or you really need to... You just switch off eventually. Right. There's only so much information you can get from one person. So I do think there is a real value in in having a different approach. And like you said, having a youth work approach. And, you know, I, I'm by no means a classroom teacher and we're sitting in the money house now. This is not by no means your, your regular classroom. You know, it's a, a very different space. So I think there is something about that that does just help it land and you know someone said to me once as well um oh I feel like I can ask you questions because you're not going to bring it up at the Christmas dinner table and it was that kind of thing of you know well we're here for a week we're here for three days we're here for five days or a couple of sessions in your school whatever it may be and people feel like they can ask us questions or they can kind of talk about things that maybe they are a bit more reserved about with their teachers or reserved about with other members of staff and I, I you know that could be for a range of reasons but I also think like Paul said it's kind of our job to know the answers to their questions yeah. as well so they kind of feel like they can ask totally. ask us and you yeah. walk in and say that user user my bank I'm here to do this my experience is they instantly and it's what I think what you'd say Paul is that user the experts and you have this knowledge so mm. they also know that they can trust that because you've come in and introduced yourself in that mm. way yeah. so they can go oh you actually can maybe help me here and again like you mentioned as well it's just they've maybe just given them the rubber ear because they're nagging at them all the time mm. and they just go I can't be bothered but fresh face measured with experience matched in with a youth work approach just mm. seems to work when we do youth work in schools 
Yeah, I always think it's funny um, when people say, oh, why don't teachers do it? And I think you're right about teachers being stretched and, and stuff like that. But I think people assume it would happen in your maths your maths class. Yeah. That's where it should be. And it, it just really makes me laugh because my dad was a maths teacher and I would never take his money advice. <laughs> 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 if it had been left to him, it would be, would be even worse. <laughs> hope he's not listening. Sorry, Dad. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope that's why I can cut that bit if you need that. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll forgive me, I'm sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so what stories have you heard for young people um, doing the course about financial situations um, that they're facing at the moment? And just, I suppose, cost of living's massive at the minute so yeah. um, that's probably another thing that is going. Uh, that's something that you will be facing massively so I just I suppose aye. yeah um, aye so young people um, talk about the, fi- the fin- financial challenges they're facing a lot too is, um, whether that's cost related or day to day spending or bigger things like managing bill managing rent um, so some stories that we've got so we had one young person um, who had lived the experience of being in care um, and they went from a supported living environment into a more living independently um, case. Um, so basically this young person, um, young people who have been in care may be exempt from, from council tax and things like that. However, um, this is something that they have to apply for, which can provide um, hurdles as it is um, with the system that is. But this young person, um, like I say, had been living independently for a while um, and heard there was an exemption for the council tax, um, but had never actually had an idea of how to apply for it. No one had, had shown them how to go about it. So they were overwhelmed and they actually started getting council tax bills in um, because they hadn't applied for the exemption. Um, again, because they were overwhelmed, they felt really anxious about it. They ignored the letters and very quickly, like, over £1,000 debt um, in council tax arrears got, got built up. Um, and to add to this, they'd never paid bills before. So actually, they'd never been exposed to parents or guardians actually paying bills and being in that environment and getting used to how ins and outs of it essentially um, so similar to this um, again they panicked because they've never been exposed to that and over £2,000 ended up built up mm. in, in arrears and bills um, and again they just explained the impact this had on them, how stressful it was to them um, and how overwhelming the whole situation was um, because when you've got that looming over you and no idea of how to do it obviously it's so crippling on your mental health yeah. essentially Um Another person that we had in, um, in a similar, um, different situation, sorry, um, this person was in their mid-twenties, so a little bit older, um, when he attended one money house, um, and really opened, opened up to us about his personal experiences, um, and it's especially re- relating to his housing situation and his, his financial matters. So after being released from prison um, a couple of years prior, he talked about how difficult it was to essentially start again. Um, so obviously, like... I had to start again with nothing. So, like housing, employment, mental health, are all challenges that we all face. Um, but for this young person to navigate those in their mid twenties, um, having just got out of prison with actually essentially no support network, mm-hmm. um, again a, trim- a, a criminal record as well was was a very tough situation for him. So, within this money house, we we work with young people from from all backgrounds, with all different experiences, and and we all cases unique to them and we sort of aim to, to reach those people and and work with them and make their situation a little bit better. So then you're meeting people at a real crisis point as well mm-hmm. then like th- those two examples are really really difficult for young people and a- any person to face but for you then to meet people at that key point which is the lowest potential of the low that they've ever mm-hmm. felt like that's just I suppose a testament as well to your skill set to be able to work with them and engage with them to mm-hmm. hopefully try and 
navigate them into a solution and try and show them what the options are. Like that must be extremely tough, you know. Mm. And um, like, and that's only two examples of the three hundred and forty thousand people you've yeah. worked with, or whatever the, the, the number was at the beginning. But like that, that's really really tough. So then, yeah. um, are you able to like share, suppose, about how? They got on after that. Um, are we able to talk about that? Like, yeah, actually, we were we were discussing discussing that earlier. Um, the the second person that Paul is talking about mm-hmm. there, I, I I remember when he first came into the Money House, and like like Paul said, a little bit older, bit yeah. of a, bit of a guy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, and kind of obviously had so much life experience already and I think often when you've got so much life experience you kind of think well I know I know they're all there is to know you know I've had to deal with my housing I've had to deal with my money so I know what's going on now and so when it when he first kind of arrived he was definitely skeptical Mm -hmm. you know dead dead sound but definitely skeptical about the course about me and Paul and what we could kind of tell him that he didn't already know um and then we we he was here for five days and we went through the five days and like Paul said we really got to know him over those five days and he started to to be really open about his experiences with us and he was saying he was out of work at the time but he was like oh I've I've got a, a job interview at the end of this week and this has actually come at the perfect time because I'm, I'm going to this interview so we were like talking to him about it and part of one of the things we do on the money house is about employability so we talked to him a lot about kind of his skills and his qualities and preparing for that interview and things like that anyway it got to the got to the friday and he went down and he, he he left here and he went to his job interview and normally with the money house we we don't tend to see our young people again yeah. really unless we we see them in other organizations doing other stuff we we don't really um see them after the kind of five days they're with us anyway he went and did that job interview and we were just closing up here for the day and we got a knock at the door and he came back and he was like i just wanted to come back and tell you like how it had gone it went it went really well i think i think i did really well they're gonna have me in for a trial shift and we were like oh mate we're like dead buzzing for you that's class uh so went away have the weekend middle of next week we get another another knock at the door and it was him again being like i just wanted to tell you like i've just done the trial shift and they've offered me the job and like i just wanted to come and share that with you and i just sometimes like i don't know he, he was so excited and sometimes feedback comes in you see it you know yeah. it's not necessarily someone being oh by the way yeah. actually I was a bit skeptical about this week and you did tell me something I maybe didn't know you see it in their enthusiasm to come back and share those kind of wins with you and and to share that kind of yeah that kind of joy yeah so he was he was dead dead buzzing about that and like Lizzie's saying just that journey from from that person in the first day to actually what she's speaking about there like when they come back, they're telling us about how the, how the interview went and stuff like that. To, to see that journey in the young person's sort of, I think, one of the real the, the real buzzes you get off this mm. job and and all your thought is having that approach and and working with young people and when you actually see that wee difference in them, it it really gives you that buzz and yeah, I'll be thrilled. Aye, <laughs> but that, that's classic in back, especially if you're being skeptical to then mm. want to come back and just share that with you because. Like that's we like we rarely get that moment as well. Mm. Sometimes yeah. you might meet people for a year down the line, and yeah. like you bump into them in the shops, or you see them in ASDA and all that stuff. But that's class. That that's just how much use meant to him that he had to come back and climb these stairs and to then come back and share that or use twice. Like, Maybe yeah. just wanted to get amazing. steps in. Ah, <laughs> that's, 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 it was a low step day that day. Um, but no, that that's amazing. That that's then the that's what users are able then to do for people and make them feel as I suppose mm. the, the point that they, he really wanted to come back to share that with you mm. um, which is just that's class that's amazing amazing um, so what impact have you seen from the money house since it started mm. um, I think there's there's a couple of different 
ways that we kind of see impact and we see the feedback um uh, there's a lot of other money houses running across england and they had some independent independent evaluation done um and i can't remember all of the stats off the top of my head but the ones that kind of stood out for me from that was that there was like one percent of money house graduates we call them people who've been through the money house but um, some of the independent evaluation also said that there was a debt reduction from £250 to £90 for, for young people. And for me, that's like money straight back in, in their pockets. Um, and like Paul said, I think, you know, part of the absolute buzz and like the joy of this job is to see and to hear about how people have enjoyed it and, and how they kind of, their perception or their thought has changed a little bit by the end of the week. So, I mean... Um, things that come to the to the front of my mind. We had a, a young woman who came in, and um, she was she was dealing with a lot of different kind of mental health issues at, at the time, predominantly kind of real anxiety, really really debilitating anxiety. And before any young person joins us at the Money House, Paul, you know, the couple of weeks prior, he spends that time building a bit of a relationship. So he'll give them a call, he'll introduce himself, you know, try to answer any questions that they've got, make sure that they know how to get here and that on their on the first day, on the Monday that they're coming to the Money House, they know that they can give him a call if, if they're having any issues in, in getting here. And uh, so this, this one young person in particular did call him on the Monday and she was like, look, I'm I'm outside, but I just can't enter that building. I'm, I'm too scared. I can't get in the lift. I just can't do it. Are you able to come down and meet me? And obviously Paul, dead happy, was like, yeah, 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 I'll be down in just a second. So jumped across to the train station and, and brought her in. And um, on the first day, you know, it's, it's quite a light day and we, we get to know each other, you know, say our names, just a little bit of kind of introduction to each other. And I could really see this physical response to her anxiety. You know, she was like tearing up, really kind of fidgeting with her hands, very, very uncomfortable um, and wasn't able to just to, to share her name with the group and, and couldn't answer that question. So we just kind of like moved on with the session. And at the break time, she took one of the members of staff to the side and she said, oh, I'm really sorry. Just like, you know, sometimes when I'm feeling really anxious, like I, I can't speak. I just, I want to, and the answer's in my head, but I physically cannot speak. And, you know, we were like, that's absolutely fine. You're here to do as much as you're able to do and don't feel like you have to do anything that you're not comfortable yeah. with. Anyway, that was the first day. Again, by day five, she's chatting away to everybody. She's given us verbal feedback about, you know, um, things that she'd enjoyed and things that she'd learned. We've got her on a voice note talking and just that real kind of changeover. And this was someone who through the week had said... Um, she was in her kind of mid-twenties and she was like, I've never been able to have a job. I've always wanted a job, but I've never been able to have a job because I cannot do that interview. She said, I, c I can't go into Greg's because I can't speak to the person behind the till and tell them my order, let alone sit in a job interview and then potentially, you know, have a job and have to work with people all the time. Um, so to go from that to then being able to be sitting in a room filled with her peers and chatting away to them and building relationships, sitting there talking to me and Paul. When other members of my bank staff were like dropping into the site, she was able to say hello to them. And yeah. for me, like a lot of the time, that's that's the fe the feedback you see, yeah. not necessarily. I mean, people tell us what they learned and things like that, but yeah. it's that real change around. And you know, people might say, "Oh, that's not directly linked to the money," but I mean, it is when it is her employability and and. It's, it's bigger than that, you know, it's about the whole kind of picture and that whole yeah. kind of, like we said earlier, resilience and steps into independence. Yeah. So that was her. There was another person that we had a, a couple of weeks ago who um, 
she'd been in the UK for about a year. She was originally from Nigeria. Um, and she was, I think she was about 19 or 20. Um, and so, you know, for, for anyone, for me, who's grown up in the UK, you know, I'm 27, I've spent 27 years, you know, in UK systems, getting to grips with housing and banking and all of that. And I, you know, when I was 20, still found it a complete minefield, still found it really confusing. So she'd, she'd come through to the money house just to kind of learn a little bit more about banks and saving and all these kind of different things. And uh, on the last day, again, she was kind of saying to us, look, I was really nervous about coming here because English isn't my first language. And I've been in settings before. I've been in different group um, group work situations and peer learning situations where it hasn't been a very nice experience for me. You know, I've been very worried about my accent or people have said they can't understand me. And, and just, you know, it really made her nervous then to go into anything else like that. Um, but she was like, I've really enjoyed my time here. You know, I've really enjoyed getting to know the other young people who are on the course. Mm. Um, and also, yeah, opening a bank account, talking about savings, talking about credit cards. I can unpick bits of bits of that jargon and, and bits and pieces yeah. like that. I think mm. me and Paul say all the time, we don't have a, I don't have a Jesus complex. I don't think that anyone remembers every single word that I say in a, in a session. You know, I don't think anyone leaves here and can confidently tell me exactly what APR and AER stand for and mean and standing orders and all the rest of it. But I think if we can give people a starting block where they can go, I've heard of that before, I can yeah. Google that. Or when someone in the bank says something to them, they don't feel like they're, they're speaking, you know, a totally Jewish. different language. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like, I think I called it word soup to Paul earlier. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not just surrounded by jargon and words that you don't understand. You might go... Oh, actually, I remember Lizzie saying something about that. Oh, I remember Paul explaining that to me. I can't quite remember what it was, but I remember us talking about it. Mm. I'm going to go and look it up. I'm going to go look in that book that they gave me. I'm going to go and research it, or I've just got a starting point yeah. to feel a little yeah, bit yeah. more confident when I'm in those spaces talking about those things, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And it is the, the I suppose, people, what people are getting out of that is what they are then what they are looking to experience and that can be loads of different levels from mm-hmm. then your courses so it could be simply as much as no simply that's cheeky <laughs> um, it could be um, that people are coming in and they're just no comfortable speaking to people like that example that you used so they leave feeling more resilient more confident which then improves all aspects of mm-hmm. their life yeah. like, so it's not necessarily then just the money side if they can then feel more confident resilience and able then to share and speak to people then that should hopefully then improve other situations within their life so for you is also to include that and have that as part of what you do and delivers and it's not just about um, you need to finish this course and then that's you done and, but you're thinking openly about that that's amazing because mm. I think that's what makes it then a real youth work and CLD approach that mm. it's how people come in and how you work with those individuals within a group work setting is really really important yeah I think it can yeah. never be just like five days and done can it because no, no. you know money is the one thing that we interact with for life it's the one thing that all of us have in mm. common pretty much is that we, we have to deal with it <laughs> yeah. um, and you know money changes all of the time the landscape changes all the time but if you feel confident and if also if you've so many people have never talked about their money before you know it's a real taboo subject it's a real it makes people a bit hot you know and and bothered to have to say actually you know I've been in my overdraft or actually I've I have maxed out a credit card and I'm not really sure what to do so we ignore it and we don't say anything about it and then it escalates and and all the rest of it so I think if people have had a chance to be in a nice space, you know, have a cup of tea, chat about their money, 
hear that other people are also experiencing similar or maybe even wildly different things to them but that other people are having those experiences and those challenges as well and that they're not the only ones that are maybe finding a bit hard to pay their rent or they're not the only ones that don't know what interest is or any of these kind of things then you know I think you take that on further than just the five days that you're at the money house or on a money works course or you know we're in your school sessions or anything like that yeah. yeah, definitely something that, and when I spoke to Gemma originally, um, was the thing that I thought that was just amazing was that it was something that personally I think I could have um, benefited from, mm. like from moving out, and then you just don't maybe fully understand, or you don't. It's just sometimes you just get into a weird bad cycle with money, and mm. then you don't speak about it because you're nervous, because you ain't gonna let yeah. people down. You think you're gonna then upset folk, and there's just this big spiral with it, so you just sort of ignore it. You then maybe go and off get support, and then the banks give you a bad situation, <laughs> and you think it's a good answer, and then it turns out long term it isn't, and yep. you just need to learn. But it'd be good to be able to speak to people like you guys, like this organisation that is knowledgeable, that knows the ins and outs, yeah. and it's also a total non-judgmental space. So when it comes back, to think that you are the experts. Mm. You could talk to a, f- a friend, but they don't maybe know because they're maybe doing the same thing and they've not told you mm. you know yeah, so um, I definitely think as an organisation for my bank and you've only been in Scotland four years and you're really growing like you're going to benefit so many people and definitely like if you were about when I was um, 17, 18, 19 um, I'd have been here because yeah. I think that I'd have really benefited from an open conversation about that and yeah. everybody gets guided or advice and just supported and that's mm. when it starts with that, that conversation you know that, that having that conversation with um, us or whoever it may be just to give you that knowledge and, and then you can then decide what's going on um, I think it's that, like you say it very spirals very quickly if you're if you're if you're not speaking then you just let it ignore it and things like that you know so it's just having that conversation and then, then we take it from there really yeah and I think I think the longer that you know I, I think about my mum my mum's 69 and I when I got this job suddenly I'm going home and I'm like oh you should think about this and have you ever tried this and she's like Lizzie please and she always says to me you know Oh, it's 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 too late for me. I'm all, I've been like this for too long. You know, my yeah. habits are already my habits. I can't change it. And I think that's that is why that kind of focus on children and young people is so so important. Because if we're talking about it now, if we start talking about it in primary school, if we're talking about it in secondary school, if you're 16, 18, 20, 25, and talking about it, then it means that like we've we've come in at that kind of prevention stage yeah. you know it's there and you're already talking about it early so that when you are 30 40 60 69 you're not saying no oh, oh, it's just yeah. been too long like this for me because you've started so early and you've set those habits early enough that you kind of carry them then through totally. through your life and develop them yeah and if they're getting that experience in through school they should hopefully feel comfortable then speaking about money earlier because People are fear yeah, people don't talk about it, people get awkward when they say, Oh, how much money do you earn on your mm. job? And people don't like that stuff. So with early intervention and more support like this happening to young people earlier and in schools and in appropriate settings, then hopefully people aren't as scared to actually talk about money, the good and the bad, because people mm. don't also like to say how much they earn sometimes because they also think that you're they're maybe being arrogant or they're maybe embarrassed. You know, there's mm. there's so much like sort of taboo around about money, like you said. Um, and not 100 percent like I think just this organisation and what you are doing should hopefully be able to help people like long term like you can maybe see yous when you are 20 but then the benefit really happens when yeah. they're 40 mm. you know and 100 um, like that's it's class it's really really cool what you are doing really really cool um, so what's next for yous um, you know so 
you mentioned Aberdeen, you've got somebody up there, you're looking at different work. Um, aye, so what's happening next? Yeah, so like we spoke about, we're, we're drawing rapidly here. Um, and so, yeah, we've just hired someone in Aberdeen. Um, so, covering the whole Aberdeenshire as well. Um, so, we're going to start up there with secondary schools. Um, and young, um, and young adult programmes and then bringing the money house up there um, from March next year. Um, again, what we're expecting to work with, we're expecting to work with 4,000 young people um, within Scotland in the next year. Um, across all of our programmes um, so within that delivering over 1900, 1900 hours um, of financial education in schools and, and youth settings um, also looking to develop what S3 programme um, so targeting students before they hit those um, those stressful exam years so so yeah that's where we're looking at just now that's class that's exciting it's, it's mm. really really exciting and um, we'll definitely chat about um Schools and um, youth clubs that I'm working with, different like that, to try and then open Brilliant. that up when you're uh, getting any of a chat after us about it, because it'd be amazing just to have these um, your young people meeting with you and chatting with you, because I think you can just massively benefit people. So it's kind of, that sounds dead exciting. Sounds really, really exciting. So um, what should an organisation or an individual do if they are listening to this and want to book a young person or young people on a course? Um, so we've got our email address, um, we first put a call, so it's TMHScotland, so stands for the Money House Scotland, um, at mybank.org. Cool. Um, obviously my bank without the A, so it's TMHScotland <laughs> um, at mybank.org. Um, get in contact with us, um, that way is the most, the most straightforward thing. Um, young people can also self-refer um, through that as well, for, um, so give us a shout um, if you're looking to, to get in touch with, with, with us. We also do open days as well here, um, cool. which is a really cool thing we do um, every month. Um, so if people go on to Eventbrite and just give us a research in there, um, we run one every month um, from here and virtually as well. Um, so it's a really cool opportunity for um, people who maybe want to see this space that we're in just mm-hmm. now. Um, if they want to come in, we can give them a wee look around, a wee open day, um, and they can get that real sort of feel for it and get a wee chat with us as well. Anything they want to know, we'll, we'll be here for them. Um, and we also do taster sessions with young people as well. So if anyone from organisations who thinks they might benefit for us uh, with us um, is listening to this, give us a shout um, and we can come out and deliver a, a wee taster session, a wee one-hour session um, for their young people. Um, they can get a wee feel for how it is. And if they, they like it, we can then come out and deliver the, the full um, Money House programme with them. So, so yeah, we're, we're flexible. We're, we're more than happy to, to help anyone that's, that's out there that's, that's needing us. And we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> no, that's amazing. It, it sounds class, and um, definitely. And what we'll do as well for people listening, we'll add the email address out of the description. Um, yeah, that's it's a, a funny one. one yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> never, <laughs> never let young people name your organisation. That's the, <laughs> that's the, no. No, uh, oh, totally, so totally. So uh, what I'll do is I'll take you just to the last question that we stick at the end of every podcast. So um, it's just, what advice would you give to someone looking to start a career in CLD? do it (laughs) um i would say the way that i went about it was that i volunteered first and that allowed me to find what i really was good at and what i really enjoyed and the kind of um the kind of yeah the areas that i wanted to work in and the ways that i wanted to work in them so i did loads of really varied volunteering stuff when i was younger um and that kind of led me and actually you know when i then went on to apply for my first kind of you know my job in the third sector and stuff like that it was that that kind of 
was the valuable thing to have behind yeah. me rather than my formal employment, you know, in yeah. like hospitality. So, yeah. I think Lizzie makes a great point there in terms of um, volunteering, like throwing yourself into lots of different opportunities, expose yourself to a lot of different mm-hmm. things and then find what you've actually got a passion for. Um, I think when I was younger, I was all about sport and things like that. And through that, I actually discovered that working with young people was more, in general, my... Um, sort of passion and found it yeah. that way so I think um, like Lizzie says there volunteer get out there um, expose yourself to lots of different things and then you'll hone in on what your passion is and then you can follow follow it that way oh that's class Happy so days. go for it <laughs> Aye, go for it go for it um, no that's amazing so is there anything else you would like to add anything else you would like to plug just before we finish up I don't think so. Just thanks for coming into yeah. the space and, and sharing, t- sharing the time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, all good, all good. No, and thanks for having us. Like this, it's a cool space. I like to come and see places. So, mm. no, that's amazing. So, thank you so much. This has been CLD Talks with My Bank. Thank you. Cheers.